I think it'd be good to put our hands together with thanksgiving. Bible says we ask according to his will that we can be sure to one thing that he heard us. Hallelujah. Too often we expect some great lightning bolt and things of that nature to, uh, to, you know, to help us feel like he hurt us. But sometimes genuine faith said, you know what, I know I'm asking of his will. And amen, and the Bible told me, amen, if I ask of his will, I can be assured of one thing, he heard me. And if this God heard me, he's big enough to do something about it. He's already paid the price. Amen. See, it's what you and I got to understand up to the time of Jesus Christ and go into that watery grave. We was without God. We was without hope. We wouldn't, we, we, every once in a while, strangers, amen, got apart, but they had to come the old Jewish way. Hallelujah. And outside of that, everybody else was lost and undone until Jesus Christ came along and now, whosoever we but watch this strangers never experienced the priesthood strangers never experienced the glory of God and the power thereof they just join in and by obedience amen benefit the, the fruits of it but you and I now through Jesus Christ can experience the glory of ourselves the power of God the love of God we can enter into that course because we got our own personal high priest we got our own personal lamb amen to pay the price amen to make all the promises yea and amen in Christ Jesus the Lord that's who we're worshiping tonight. That's who we're depending on tonight. God bless you. You can make your way back to your chairs. Praise the Lord. My, my. Love the Lord tonight. Thankful unto each one of you that's come to be a part of this service with us tonight to worship the Lord. It is good to see my sister-in-law, Opal. God bless her coming. It's good to see Justin back there. God bless you, man. Good to see you in the house of the Lord with us. Appreciate you so much. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And I'm glad I'm in a place that I can get cleaned up. Anybody ever need any cleaning? Amen. Hallelujah. It's not probably not a one-time thing, but man, it's sometimes probably more often than I'd like for it to be. <laughs> Praise God. These are worth and vessels. Amen. Just it's not the best thing, but uh, anyway, hallelujah. Thank God for the heavenly treasure that's in it. And I thank God for the field. I didn't get it. I didn't get in it just to get the treasure. I was willing to buy the field and buy everything that comes along with it, both the good and what some would think the bad. Amen. If that's persecutions or trials, whatever it might be, that's part of the journey. That's part of the baggage. We're going to take it. Amen. Because it's going to be worth it. Because once we get to the other side, all of this, as Paul put it, would be as though it is nothing. Hallelujah. It's when we get to the other side. Now, at the time and the moment that you're bearing the burden and enduring the suffering and the persecution, hallelujah, you're going to have to learn to do what we're going to talk about tonight. You're going to have to, and I'm not a singer. Oh, I'd love to be. And I sure hope, pray, and believe in when I get that glorified body. Hallelujah. I don't know all what kind of instruments we're going to have, but uh, first million years, I'm going to play and sing every one of them. Praise God. Hallelujah. They're going to think one of them crazy folks got there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we are. Anyway, Psalms 120. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, seven verses. And um, we, we're going to do our best to finish this particular psalm. There's 15 of them, actually. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I don't know. I just felt a nudging of this. And so I'm just going to look at them. 
And it might be just a good time for us to look at these and how they were used and uh, things of this nature to help. Anybody thankful for good songs, good Holy Ghost songs, good anointing songs that can speak into our hearts and our spirit. Amen. And uplift us, encourage us. There's nothing like them. Praise God. All right. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Mecca, or Meshach, that I shall be tents in Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're thankful for the opportunity to preach the word of God. We ask you to anoint us, to guide us, let thy will be done. We ask you to anoint, bless the ears, help them to hear it, help them to understand it, help them to receive what you have prepared for us tonight, that we would take it home with us. It would transform, change us, build us, encourage us, and help us to be the disciples that you've called us to be in the hour that we're living in today. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. Say again, appreciate each one of you and all of you for coming. Appreciate those that's allowing our elders to sit. Uh, continue to remember that, just if you would, as much. Stay out of that area. Amen. And continue to pray for our country. Uh, I did see a little flash on my phone. I don't go into the news most of the time or whatever. Anyway, about 100,000. But I'm not sure, you know, what kind of effect that really is because some of the questions I ponder about some of this. Amen. How many deaths would we normally have if y'all hadn't have been keeping up with it? And I'm not throwing stones. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying you got to balance it out. And uh, how many is actually how many, you know, if we had 100,000, we'd have normally had how many? You know, if we'd normally had 60 or 80, well, it may not be as bad as it may be predicted to be. And uh, that's just all I'm saying. Anyway, we know we're serving God. God's our preserver, he's our keeper, and he's going to help us. And so it's times such as this that we learn uh, special songs that can be placed into our hearts and minds and, and songs for the right setting, for the right time. You've got wedding songs. You've got all different types of songs that can be sung and settings for them and the type of mood that you might be in sometimes will determine the song that you might choose. And, and you know, some people like fast songs, some less people like slow songs, and, and some of us like a multitude of all of it. Just depends on what kind of mood I'm in, what time of the morning it is, and whatever else is going on or been going on. Amen. Sometimes I don't want a song. I don't want nothing. <laughs> I want silence. That's what I want. The thing, I don't want the phone to ring or nothing else. But anyway, praise God. But sometimes a good good song, a good gospel song, amen, that you can hear it can lift you up. And sometimes it may catch you. You may be driving down the road, battling the devil, battling heartaches and disappointments. And all of a sudden, amen, not of your doings, but God and the radio, amen, the right song just happened to come on. Amen. And before that song was over with, you was patting the steering wheel and, and doing instead of 55, 65, and 70. <laughs> Amen. And turning that thing up and looking like one of them, you know, the truck doing this. Boom, ba, boom, ba, ba. Praise God. And there's nothing wrong with that when you're doing it unto the Lord and you're doing it for Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. So, you know, we're talking about 15 of them. Amen. That, uh, that was, and, and they actually talk about these songs and, and set them uh, as a progression. Amen. Uh, unto the Lord as a, a form, a manner of how they use them. And there's, there's really the writers, if you do a study on it, uh, the uh, Bible folks and things of that nature, they, they really pinpoint about five. And I, I'm going to focus on one particular one tonight, maybe a couple of them really. One with David, a man, and then another one during the time of Ezra. Actually, that was one of the first ones that's mentioned a lot of times. It's because now these are kind of put together and joined together. Amen, and uh, it was used often at different settings at times, but all of them was on a progression toward God, amen, and to his will and to the blessings of the Lord or into his presence. And uh, so as we watch this begin to unfold, and I, I'm really going to just take my time and uh, just try to deal with some of this. Uh, I'd love to memorize all of Ezra and, 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 and there, amen, to help us to understand because a lot of times good songs, amen, that has the most effect upon us is when we have opposition. Whenever the devil is working against us and life is working against us and there seems to be hindrances in our lives and, and the will of God is not coming together and it takes these songs that helps us to get back in the frame of mind and the, and the power of it that helps anoint us we know that David the writer of this particular psalm right here amen was used mightily of God amen even prior to ever coming and being used by the Lord in the presence of Saul to drive away an evil spirit that the Lord had sent unto Saul to stir him up but yet when David come in was called to own a man he could come in with the harp and he began to play with that harp and, and under the anointing of God and the power thereof it would drive away that evil spirit it would calm and soothe Saul like nobody else or nothing else could and, and so we, we have a little understanding the power of music and the power of lyrics and songs that are put together and how they can speak into our hearts and speak into our minds and when we begin to practice them and memorize them and put them into action. I'm sure some even tonight, amen, the songs that were sung here tonight, the battle how is it's one, it's not with, with guns and bombs, amen, but it's with worship. And there's no better way to worship the Lord and David, amen, really set the, the plateau of this of music and worshiping of dancing and, and clapping of hands and exhortation. Uh, Psalms 150 is full of it talking about how to worship, amen, on the loud sounding cymbals and, and the ting cymbals and string and and all of these things are used, amen, to glorify and magnify God. We know that the, the devil himself, oh, Lucifer himself, in his, in his creation, how that none was ever created like he was. Some slacken him unto an organ and, and his own, own choir and, and ability, amen, of music and, and worshiping before God and creating an atmosphere. You can watch these little babies, amen. They don't have to be very many months old, but you can start, amen, by Buy little, little toys for them and mash little buttons on them. Certain little music starts and man, they start doing their little thing, you know. And first you usually know it all, you know. It just starts connecting. And you know what? The devil's took it, amen, and he's used it, amen, for the wrong. But you know what? It doesn't give you an excuse to take it out of the church, amen, or not to use it on a regular basis in our own personal lives. I'm telling you, sometimes it's good, a good song and good music to bring, bring Mary to the heart when nothing else will do it. In fact, if you turn to that, turn to the Word of God and to prayer, you'd find 
find out it'll do a whole lot more for you than what man's got to offer through the needles and through pills and through other, other means and resources. And if you'll just, amen, turn back to a good old, good old gospel song. If you'll turn back to the song, amen, when you really begin to sing about the blood, when you really begin to sing about going to a watery grave, when you begin to, man, it starts bringing back to your remembrance what God done for you. It creates a joy and a happiness and a peace inside of you. It starts, amen, all of a sudden you can be weary in your body, feel tired in your body. But all of a sudden when the music begins to play and the songs begin to get hold of the heart, all of a sudden the foot begins to pat. All of a sudden you start putting your hands together. I've heard preachers talking about people that was hard and unmovable. But all of a sudden they begin to watch that foot pat inside, outside that aisle. Said, oh, here we go. It's a start, amen. It's a beginning, hallelujah. And I know we're living in a world that's made it to God. And all they like is good music. But I'm going to tell you something. Hallelujah, thank God I'm not about ready to cash it, amen, or throw it away. Thank God for good Holy Ghost filled music and a good move of God and the power of a song that can touch my heart and touch my spirit and lift me up. And so these were used for that purpose, for that reason. And all of them is known as a progression, a man, a progress. You know. uh, watch this. And, and, and a lot of them was focused upon Jerusalem, coming back to Jerusalem. Coming back either to the temple. One of the, one of the uh, writers talks about that they likened it until the times of the step that come up on the south end of the temple mount. And on that south end supposedly, and they were supposed, I mean, they supposed to found these steps. There would be two normal steps. <laughs> but then the third step was made wider. And on that third step... It was designed to stop and dance and worship and magnify God. And so they practiced on a regular basis, amen, memorizing and singing these particular songs. Maybe not just in that order and maybe not all of them all the time. Maybe there was times when they had one particular one that they fell in and that, that dealt with them at that moment time. And after every two steps, man, as they were singing, it began to dance and love and worship God. I believe everybody in this place would witness me tonight. And you made your way to the house of God because of the burden that was heavy on your heart and weighing down on your spirit. But when you got to the house of God, there's something about, amen, the, the preliminaries, amen, that we take place and we take out time. I was so thankful. If, I'm, if my memory serves me right, I believe it was Brother Buford that changed the way that we worshiped here. Hallelujah. Then instead of starting out, with prayer requests I remember him getting up and he said you know what the time we hear all these prayer requests we can't hardly pray <laughs> hallelujah all the gloom and the doom and all the other stuff he said why don't we start services out with a song and worship and praise and create an atmosphere and get the glory of God in this place and then let's start talking about prayer requests hallelujah you know what it done it even changed our prayer request hallelujah we weren't near as gloomy about presenting them we weren't down and hard about presenting them we was more sure after the feeling the presence of God and worshiping and magnifying and exalting them in her own hearts, in her own minds, in her own spirit. All of a sudden, a prayer request. Hey, I got a prayer request because I feel a God. I believe I can do something about it. I feel a God, amen, that can step in on the scene. I feel his glory. I, in fact, I feel I'm lifting up in my spirit and assurance in my heart now. I walked in this place not so sure, but now I have to sing the song. You know what songs do? It unites us together. It binds us together. It gets us all in one frame of mind, one frame of the spirit, one frame of the heart. And really, that's where it's all that is getting in unity. And when we can get in unity, I'll tell you what, the glory cloud can move. And the Chicago presence of God and the will of the master can be done.
Don't underestimate the power of the singing and the worshiping of Jesus Christ. So, this is one of these psalms that he has written. David. David wrote, my memory serves me right about, they believe at least somewhere in the neighborhood of about 73 of the psalms. of All of them. And... Uh, you're going to notice here, he has written the majority of these 15, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 14 out of the 15. And one right in the center, I believe Solomon wrote. <laughs> so we, we, we got some good structure here. We got some, some things that really begin to unfold and happen and take place. And the uh, reason I want to go back, and we're going to talk about Ezra a little bit, because here he says, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. You know, Having the assurance in your moment and time of distress, knowing that, you know what, God heard me. I don't have to feel it. Oh, that's nice, and we'd rather have it that way. Hallelujah. We love to see the results and see them immediately. But I'm going to tell you something, hallelujah. The song is letting us know with a clarity that all the struggles and battles as we begin to look into some parts of David's life and part of the Israelites, hallelujah, because he really likened unto this in the seventh chapter of Ezra. And this is a time of Ezra whenever it's finally mentioned. He's the author of the book of Ezra. And you're going to notice, amen, the different things that had unfolded and took place in this moment time of the Israelites people as they're coming back out of Babylon. And it's taken a period of time. It's taken a lot longer than, than most had really dreamed that it would take. But this is one of the errors that most of the writers believe. Hallelujah, that this is a practice. And we're gonna, I'm going to point out a few things in the scriptures about Ezra. Amen. The reason he had such an insight and understanding amen, of how to put things in position and place. Now he wasn't the first one coming with a group. But we're going to look back a few chapters and you're going to see where Jerubal and Joshua the priest has already come and they done set up. And you're going to notice a few things they begin to set up. One of the first things they begin to do they built an altar they rebuilt an altar before they laid the foundation of the temple before they done anything else and they began to offer the sacrifices amen unto the living God unto the only wise God and then they went from that and began to work toward building the temple amen and laying the foundation of it and it took a period of time and when you slip on over into about the third chapter amen the rebuilding of the temple but you're going to see even where hey God different prophets had to be sent to them and stir them up and get them back into motion and get them back to doing things. And then when you slip on over a few more chapters, you're going to see that, that after the building of the temple and after the enemy came up and several did. In fact, let me back back up a little bit. You look at the fourth verse in the, right here, you're going to see it one of the places where the enemy come up to oppose and stop the work. When you look at Ezra 41, and when the adversary of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord of Israel. They came unto Jerusalem and, and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as he do, and do sacrifice unto him since the day, amen, of the, the king that set us up, the king of Assyria that put us in and brought us into place. We worship your God. We bow down to your God. Do you know how that happened? Amen. Whenever the king took over the place and he, he took the Israelites a thousand miles away, he started bringing in the Ammonites 
Ammonites, the Moabites, and about two or three others and set them up, amen, in Samaria and set them up in those regions and places. And they didn't fear God and they didn't regard God and, and they didn't know the manner of God is how the Bible puts it. Amen. And so God sent lines unto them and lines began to devour them. And somebody, when they began to question them, said, hey, y'all don't understand the manner of the God of this region. You better get your priests back down here and let them instruct you and guide you how the manners of this God. And so sure enough, they got the priests back down there and he instructed them the manner of the God of that region. I personally believe they began to keep the Sabbath. I personally began to believe they began to practice some things, even as pagans, amen, to keep the lions from devouring them and eating them up because it was a lack of keeping the Sabbath and worshiping idols is the reason the Israelites was carried into Babylon in captivity to start with. But God, even though with them gone, didn't want his region or his land to be created just any old way. And so here he sends the lions down. But because of that, this is a the reason they rose up in this fourth chapter trying to tell Jerusalem and them, we worship your God. We want to join in in building. But they informed them and let them know, no, hallelujah, you don't have no part of this. You're not going to be a part of this. Hallelujah, because you're not a true worshiper. Because if you go on and read in that same setting of scriptures, you'll find out they didn't do away with the gods and the idol gods and the high places. They just let the, the real God be a part of their gods and not let them be almighty God. Hey, I'm telling you, God's looking for a church that'll let him be God, that'll let him be the master, that let him be the Lord. And the only way that you and I can call him Lord is by the Holy Ghost. And the only way we can call him by the Holy Ghost is let the Holy Ghost rule and reign in our lives. That's the reason Paul made it plain to us. You can't walk in the flesh and walk in the spirit. You can't satisfy carnality and satisfy God. You can't serve two masters. Hallelujah. He said, you ain't got no business, amen, being among the unbelievers. You ain't got no business, amen, touching the unclean. You ain't having no business having fellowship with Belial or unbelievers or none of that other bunch. Amen. Because you've been called out and separated for my purpose and for my calling. So we see it here. Watch this. In those same chapters. Boy, I wish I could memorize it all. We'd be here a while, but anyway. <laughs> some of the high priests, amen, and some of the first ones that came, they tried their best to prove that they were some of the lineage. But when the records would pull out, they couldn't do it. Guess what happened? They wouldn't let them. They considered them polluted and wouldn't let them take a part of the priesthood and a part, amen, involved in it. And so we're watching this all unfold and take place. And, and a, a lot of times passing, the time won't let me cover all that. But when you finally get to the seventh chapter, and things have happened and different, the temple has been built and laid and opposition about it and things. So some periods and years have done past. But watch this. From the sixth chapter to the seventh chapter, they tell us 60 years had passed. 60 years passed just between those chapters, the changing of kings. But now, amen, Ezra's called them. And as you begin to watch this in that seventh chapter, this Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was, was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, is what the Bible calls him. He purposed in his heart, purposed in his mind. Well, there's something about when you read in this Old Testament about certain Hebrews when they purposed things in their hearts such as Daniel. Amen. It didn't matter if they was in Babylon. It didn't matter if they was in captivity. It didn't matter what kind of circumstances or situations they was facing. There was one message that was going to be clear. If it cost them their lives, 
They was going to serve and worship this one true God. They was going to keep themselves in a conditioned place. Amen. Both physically and mentally and spiritually. Amen. And serving this one true God. Don't listen to no lying devil in the world that we're living in today. Don't, don't play around with certain areas of technology. And all of a sudden we justify and okay it. And think it's fine. It's nothing but the adversary looking for an opportunity to slip in. And I'm going to tell you something. A good thief will come in. You won't even know he's there. Hallelujah. You won't even know he's sitting next to you. He can take something. You know a good thief can take your billfold. You won't even know he got it. Hallelujah. My, my, I'm telling you that's that's the way the devil, he'll slip in. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's not coming in blowing whistles. He's not coming in all. He'd rather come in such a slow form and manner. Amen. Try to destruct, try to tear down, try to rob. Hey, he know God's, God's, it's God's will to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. It's God's will to give revival in this end time. I believe, amen, even this corona is going to do one of two things. It can create an atmosphere, amen, for a church and a community and a family, amen, to have revival. Or it can create an atmosphere, amen, become more callous. And, 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 and find themselves further away from God, wanting less of God, less of church. Amen. Just a little dude, a little bit of get me by. Hey, we're living in a society. We're living in a world. They want less church and more of the world and more things of the world. Spend more time doing the things of the world. But oh, help me, get me, give me tonight. Hello, if it's ever been the time that we need to sing the songs of Zion. If it's ever been the time, amen, we need to be singing the things to have a merry heart. Hallelujah. And the meditations of our minds at heart, they need to be on the songs of Zion. They need to be in the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you go in the New Testament. James talks about that. Hallelujah. If you're down and out, amen. I'm telling you, if you're sick, call the elders. Come pray for you. But if you're down and out, amen, sing the songs of Zion. They'll bring Mary. They'll bring joy to your heart. Hey, I know some of you in some of the greatest battles you ever experienced in your life. But I'm telling you, amen, if you start reading these 15 Psalms, amen, or being to practice this same principle, I'm telling you, God will come. God will show up. The Holy Ghost will show up. The Spirit of God is something about when you begin to sing unto the Lord and you meet it and I'm not a singer but oh if I was hallelujah and I sing to myself and sometimes me and the Lord get by ourselves and he shows up so apparently it ain't too bad but anyway hallelujah Bible says make a joyful noise I make a noise I just don't know how joyful it is hallelujah and I do like some of these others you know they make up songs hallelujah well, I make up my own too hallelujah praise God so you know we just have a good time with the Lord and doing that and you know what it blesses me I hope it makes the devil mad and God glad. If that's what I've accomplished, then glory be to the Lord. Hallelujah. That's successfulness. So, but watch this. So we see here that he was a ready scribe. He, he, he was anointed. He was mightily blessed of God to give instructions and guidance in the law of Moses. If you watch all of this unfold. And this is the particular chapter and the setting that they talk about this journey. That Ezra comes now with all, all the groups coming with him. Now, notice in all these, it's whosoever will could come. Go back and read it. From the very first group to even this group here. Those kings would let whosoever will. I'm not sure if all the Israelites ever left Babylon. All of them. Some of them rather stay in Babylon. They didn't want to leave their homes. They didn't want to leave those vineyards. They didn't want to leave none of that. Hmm. Praise God. But there was others. Man, they'd begin to sing these songs. And so when you look at the ninth verse of this particular trip, eighth verse, and it came 
And he came to Jerusalem of the first month, which was the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem. Four months. It took him four months. He said they practiced these songs and rehearsed them. As they made their progression back to Jerusalem. Back to that place where they belong to do the work of God. How many of you, amen, and you don't have to show it hand, it's up to you, it don't matter. But possibly on Wednesday evenings or Sunday mornings. Hey, I can remember even in our house, amen, on Sunday mornings, my mother would get up, amen, even she'd turn on that television and she'd want to watch it. That's when they had all the gospel singers and the happy Goodmans and different ones like that. And that's what would be on until we left for Sunday school. And how often, even today, how many of us, amen, would turn on the music and, and things of that nature, getting ready for church and, and letting that music and those songs begin to create and stir up inside of us a, a passion and a desire. Well, I don't do that. Well, maybe you ought to. Praise God. It may help your countenance when you walk in this place. I, I'm a firm believer that God judges our countenance. He's judged Cain and he'll judge ours. And our countenance and how we walk in the house of God. And how we respond, amen, to what's the activities and the things that's going on in the house of God. Amen. Weighs heavy in the eyes of the Lord as he looks down upon us. That's a reason it's so important when we join in. Hallelujah. I love to sing congregational songs. That way I can get out here and sing and walk back and forth Hallelujah. And, you know, I hope everybody else is singing loud enough. They don't have to hear me. Praise God. If I'm out of tune or whatever, you get louder than me. You drown me out. And you don't have to worry about me then. Hallelujah. But praise God, we can all join together and we can begin to worship. It's something about when we begin to sing and we begin to worship. We begin to lift our hands and we lift our heads and magnify Him. Amen. In one song, it pulls us together. It pulls, amen. It may be a member, amen. It's 10,000 miles out there fighting devils and, and and things that went on today, but all of a sudden the song and the lyrics of that song begin to reach far and begin to pull far. Amen. Because see, the devil wants them to stay out there. The devil wants them to get isolated. Could it be, amen, the one of the most powerful tools that Ezra and them used was coming together singing them songs? Could it be when they come up that south side, amen, of that old temple mount? Hallelujah, ever two steps and on that third, and they would dance and worship and magnify God. Hallelujah, the man that wrote this song knew what it was. Amen. Take about six paces, hallelujah, and Stop and worship and magnify and offer sacrifices unto Lord and creating a singing and a worshiping and the exhorting amen to none other but Jesus Christ. So as he began to sing this song, as it began to really unfold and begin to take place, and I'll try to, this is where I'll go ahead and probably just try to, you, you can notice there's some likeness and images of this uh, uh, same uh, music or same song type Amen. When you go and look at 2 Samuels 22, 1 and 20. 2 Samuels 1, this 20 verse here, that's the whole chapter really. But I'm just going to take that much of it. It's the time of David. David's growing old now. Many believes that he saw a lot of things behind him now. And a lot of things he was exposed to. And he writes this Psalms. And you see an image of it in Psalms 18. If you want to write that down and go look at it sometimes. But in 2 Samuel 22 and 1, David spake unto the Lord the words, This song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of, the, out of the hand of all of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. 
Notice a few things. Watch this. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy. When the wars, waves of death compass me. When the waves of death compass me. And the floods of ungodly men make me afraid. The sorrows of hell compass me about. They was all around me. And the snares of death, amen, prevented me or confronted me. Notice what he's talking about. When I face death, probably more often than all of us that's been in this, in, this, in this service tonight put together. David probably faced death. Time after time at the hand of Saul. Time after time going out to battle and going out to war. And so that's what he's liking this song to. How that the hand of God and the mercy of God, amen, that was with him to deliver him and all these trials. Trying times and trying situations. And so that's where you and I come in. Even with COVID-19, amen. We can't see it. We really don't know a whole lot about it. But you know what? I believe God can keep us. And I believe there'll be no telling, you know, a few years down the road, there'll probably be some few songs that'll come out about it one way or the other. Hallelujah. I want to be one of them singing about it. Hell, it didn't touch me. Amen. It didn't get a hold of us. Hallelujah. That crazy bunch down there in Bendale, Mississippi, just believed God. And God saw them through and kept them and helped them all the way through. Hallelujah, it take not one loved one, it take not one brother or sister, amen, because they just learn how to sing the songs of Zion. They just learn how to lift up their voice. They just learn how to trust God and believe in God. Hey, I'm telling you, if you can write children's book, we can write songs. You and I will write the song tonight when we walk in this house and love and worship God anyway. When we come in this place, amen, to magnify and exalt and give him honor. We all sing our own personal song for the one called Jesus Christ. Guess what? It's going to be a new song one day. and We're going to get to sing it. By the grace of God, by the mercy of the Lord. So we, we, we begin to get a little idea of what's, what's the power of these lyrics, the power of these songs that has been put together. I won't spend as much time on some of these others. There are only three verses, and, but, but I'm, just, I'm laying a foundation for the 15 here tonight to get us to understand why. They had such an influence. Why they impacted the people. Uh, have you ever heard a song and all of a sudden you may have heard it, you know, a hundred times. And all of a sudden somebody tells you where that song came from. All of a sudden tells you who is the author of that song. And what kind of situation that song was birthed out of. What kind of dilemma. Amen. Such as, as uh, uh, Sister Magruder. When she talks about this mountain, and she wrote that song, my wife sings it a lot of times. Amen. From God's point of view. Amen. She was battling with cancer and battling for her life. Hallelujah. It's times like that. You see, so many times we just look at the horrible of it and the, and the bad of it. But you know what? It's times like that that songs are birthed. Hallelujah. And those songs go on for years and years and years. Blessing lives and blessing hearts all along the journey. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, thank God for these type of songs that will get a hold of us and get a hold of our hearts and a hold of our lives. Now, now I'm going to try to just go through this song a little bit and just kind of, yeah, I guess, uh, some of my own, what I think some of this is really trying to tell us. And, and, and you know, the next verse is a very powerful verse. Amen. Because uh, the what it's saying. <laughs> Deliver my soul, O Lord, from what? From a lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Boy, I've got a pile of scriptures here that could deal with that. But it's 830 already. But I'm going to tell you something. 
Hallelujah. When you really begin to sing. And, and no telling. Because if you go back to Ezra and them, They was lied on. They wrote letters to the king. Trying to tell them they was going to be rebellious. That they wouldn't give tribute. They wouldn't pay taxes. They're going to be a bunch. Amen. It's going to be rebellious. They're going to be against your king. They're not going to help you in no way whatsoever. Amen. If you go back and read all of Ezra. You'll see where two or three times. They was being accused. Amen. Of being rebellious. Amen. And, and that's the reason they had been sent into Babylon. And all this other stuff. And that's why there was putting Babylon. But it wasn't because they were rebellious against the king. Amen. Or lordship. Or they weren't a lawless people. Amen. They were sending the wrong message. And writing the wrong things against them. You can go with David. How often was he lied about? How often, amen, things were framed against him to, to take his life. But here, amen, as he begins to sing about this. How that the Lord, and watch this, the vengeance is God. You hear me tonight? Vengeance is God. If you'll just live for God and hold on to God and keep a good attitude and a good spirit. Hallelujah. New Testament warned us about this. He said, you know, it's one thing, amen, whatever you, you can receive correction, amen, and, and abuse, amen, when you've done the wrong. But what about when you hadn't? What about when you're not in the wrong? How do you handle that? Amen. What about how do you handle when you're lied on? How do you respond to that? How do you how do you handle that situation? Go read it. You'll find out, amen, getting all blowed up and, and grabbing your guns and your shotguns and going doing this or going doing that and burning houses down. Oh, you might want to. You just can't let that linger. Hallelujah. You might want to grab your gun, but you just can't let that linger. At the moment, you just might like, I like to cut his head off. You know, hey, boy, I need a little Jesus here. I'm going to cut his ear off that moment of satisfaction. Ha ha. Got you. Amen. But you know, we can't do that, can we? No, the Lord won't let us do that. We got to just be kind and, and gentle and long suffering. Amen. And you know, turn our cheek. I'm not out of the book. I'm dead in the center of the book. See, that's the problem with America. She's got out of the book. Amen. We want to get in the book. Hallelujah. Because if you'll get into these songs and get these songs get in us, there's a lot of times the struggles and the battles and the things that keep you up all night because you're mad. Hallelujah. You'll sleep a lot better after singing these songs a few times. Come on, baby, count them sheep. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise God. So, so just a thought, just a little something I'll put out there for you tonight. He goes from that. He begins to respond to this. He said, sharp arrows of the mighty were coals of juniper. Hey, watch this. If you do a study on that particular scripture, it actually, these are terms as terms of battle or when you've been in battle. Those coals of juniper is actually, there was no greater burn than from the coals from a juniper tree that would burn and singe into them. And then the arrows and the cuts and the wounds that you get from battle. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If you live for God, there's going to be some battles. And there's going to be some scars. There's going to be some troubles. And, 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 and learning how to sing these songs. Learning how to humble ourselves. He's the real healer. <laughs> Trying to seek justice and seeing the right thing in your own eyes is not the way to do that. The best thing to do, the Bible taught us, vengeance belongs to him. He'll take care. I believe that's the other response of this same verse. The mighty want to take care of this. If you'll let him. I had several verses here that dealt with a lying tongue and abomination to God and how he's going to destroy it and they're not going to accomplish nothing. They're not going to achieve nothing. Let them lie. Let them steal. Let them, let them get, they can finish that course, but I'm telling you at the end of the course, at the end of the course, the truth is going to always prevail. Truth is always going to surface. Truth, amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. And so this song, you know, it, all that it worked against David and his hour and day and time. Amen. He would write these songs.
words and lyrics. And there's no telling how he might at times in that cave, being urged by his own man, come on, take Saul, take Saul. No, he's anointed, I'm not going to do it. But it's moments like this that he would be in to write them songs and possibly use them to keep his own men taking actions into their own hands. Hallelujah. Because you watch this, even in the New Testament, when Paul and Silas were cast into a dungeon, what did they do? Two things did they do. Pray and begin to sing. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, they wouldn't sing in the mully grubs either. Hallelujah. They, I believe they were singing amen. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know what they were singing. I don't know what kind of song they had. But I had something, amen, that, that got God's attention. And he rocked that jailhouse. They might have been singing, I'll fly away. <laughs> Hallelujah, because they was fixing to. And they did, amen. They walked out of there anyway. Praise God. So we see some of this as it really unfolds. Woe is me that I sojourned in Misa. And I don't know if I pronounced them right. That dwell in the tents of Kedah. You know what he's talking about here? That was the two, the one, Kedah is the most southern. See that you could go. Two furthest distance away from God, away from Jerusalem, away from Zion is what the song is saying. But as you begin to sing and begin to progress and make your way back, woe, woe unto me. The journey, the journey, amen. Sometimes, how often did Brother McCain tell us that the Holy Ghost, amen, that is just the beginning of a journey it's not the done deal amen just get the holy ghost you just started out you're on a journey now paul wrote to us and let us know i finished my course he's telling us hey i finished my journey amen you know what you and i've got a journey hallelujah that we got to finish that we got to fulfill that there's been a call placed upon us as a church but yet as individuals and collected together amen this is where these psalms will come in and help us amen to finish this journey and finish it for the Lord and finish for the service of God. You could stand. I'm about through. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hated peace. I've been with them. Man, they, they didn't want peace. Every time I wanted to talk about it, every time I wanted to watch this, I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. Bible calls us, amen, we're the peacemakers. It's amazing how many songs has brought peace? I know. Listen to the worldly music. Why do we preach against rap music? I haven't listened very much of it. But why do we preach against it? Because of their lyrics. Because most of the things they rap against is against authorities, against rulership, against peace. It's mostly about destruction. Tearing down, division, separation, living it up, fulfilling your own pleasures at everybody else's cost. But thank God for some good Holy Ghost gospel music. And it's after one thing, and that's bringing peace and life and unity, binding us together, joining us together. Getting us in that frame of mind and spirit. But you know what? We can live for God. Hopefully this has been a help to you. A blessing to you in some form, some manner. May give you something to study about. Give you something to look at. And uh, you know what? Praise God. If I was a singer, I'd sing for you tonight. But I'm not a singer. Hallelujah. I, I married one. Hallelujah. And I married a singer. She didn't marry a preacher, but I married a singer. She was a singer. <laughs> Boy, I married her. Praise God. And I didn't marry her for the singing. 
I just wanted the benefits. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I don't have to look over and say, sing, baby, sing. <laughs> I know what some of you are thinking. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. We do love you. There's a lot more I'd like to say, but time I won't do it. To, to, uh, watch this. Let's believe God. Let's, be, let's believe in the power of songs. Maybe, maybe, he's, maybe he's impressing you with a song. Maybe you need to go ahead and pen those words. You just never know. That might be the next big hit 10 years from now. May not take 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> if God's in it, he can make a quick work out of it. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Let's don't forget uh, Sunday. We're going to have the candy rain Sunday morning. Easter candy rain Sunday morning. So if you want to tell somebody or whatever, amen, we're going to do that. And uh, some of our elders, if y'all don't want to participate, if y'all let me know, I'll get y'all a bag. I'll get you a bag and get it to you. Praise God. I, my wife will want. Hallelujah. She kind of oversees that, so I'll let her. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can't slip in there before Sunday morning, though. <laughs> I know where the candy's at. <laughs> what do you think I done went in there? I was a rat done that. <laughs> All right. Don't forget also Sunday night, Andrew, man, we're going to be celebrating. Amen. Graduation. Praise God with Andrew Sunday night. And so uh, don't forget the sign-up sheet back here. And let's just come have a good time. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.